0: So let me invite you to take your Bible now, and this will be the earliest, the easiest, excuse me, the easiest time ever to find our passage for this morning. Because we are looking at first page, like of the scripture, not the one where you write your name or your, you know, who gave you the Bible, but Genesis 1.1. We are beginning, I've been looking forward to this for quite a while now, but we're beginning the book of Genesis today. And we're going to only look at one verse. Now, we won't do that through the whole thing or we'd be here for a really, 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 really long time. That series would never get over with 50 chapters. But we tend to say, oh, that's a good Bible verse. You ever said that? Oh, that's, that's a good one. As if they're not all good. We know they're all good. But some seem to have even greater significance and greater importance than others. They're all divinely inspired. They're all God's Word. Oh, but few hold as much importance in our understanding of God than Genesis 1, 1. And it's different, and I hope this will help help you see as we go through, it's different than what I thought when I first jumped into Genesis 1. So what's the verse say? Uh, Lots of you know it. Case not, here's what it says. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, usually that's like, okay, that's the summary statement. Now let's jump in and look at what he created, when he created, what days he created, how he created. But I don't want to go there this morning. I want us to stop right here. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth because it tells us the most important thing about life. And that is that there was something before what you and I think of as the beginning. There was something before the beginning. And what was it? You might go, well, of course, it was God. But think about what I just said. We think, oh, creation, that's when it all started. No, that's when what we know It was created started, but before all that started, there was God. In the beginning, God created. Creation is simply a reflection of a God who already was. The way the Gospel of John begins, same idea. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. So he's simply acknowledging there once was nothing that we now see, but before there was nothing, there actually was something. God. Paul, in Colossians 1, sums it up most succinctly. He is before all things. So everything had a start except for God. Uh, creation. This is what I hope we'll capture. Creation demands the existence of God. The fact that there is something demands that there was something, even when there was nothing, there was something. Now, if that sounds,, you're trying to be cute? No, I'm not trying to. Here's the way some people say. It. They say, matter demands that there was a maker or life demands a life giver. And these aren't just theological faults. Uh, the law of biogenesis, uh, scientific law declares you can't get life except from life. Life must come from life. Just like matter has to come from something. You can't get something from nothing. You can't get life from non-life. Design demands a designer. Intelligence. Just didn't happen. Intelligence demands that there was an intelligence creator. Morality demands a moral lawgiver. Now, the same principle here, whether you look at it from physically or biologically, life or design-wise or intelligence-wise or moral-wise, uh, well, before we look at creation. We have to understand what creation requires. Creation requires a a creator. There must be an uncaused cause. So before the beginning, as we know it, when God created, there had to be something. And that something revealed in the scripture is in the beginning, God. Some of you may be familiar with uh, New Scientist Magazine. It's not a theological, it's not a religious publication. It's a science publication. New New Scientist Magazine in an article called The Beginning, What Triggered the Big Bang. So this is Scientific Magazine. Answering the question, what triggered the Big Bang? Here's the final sentence after the full article. The quest to understand the origin of the universe seems destined to continue until we can answer a deeper question. Why is there anything at all instead of nothing? That's not a theological statement. That's a scientific statement. See, science doesn't go against the existence of God. See, honestly, they may come to a different conclusion, but science requires the existence of an uncaused cause. Science acknowledges, hey, we can all talk about how it happened, but at some point you got to answer what's the more important, the even deeper question. Why do we have anything? Because something can't come from nothing. Which makes it hard for the person who doesn't believe in God. This is the dilemma. If I don't believe in God, but I recognize something can't come from nothing, How do I answer that there is something? Again, I'm not trying to be confusing. That's just where it all starts. So interestingly, you know the name maybe Richard Dawkins, atheist, wrote in 2006, uh, The God, uh, I just lost the name of it, The God Delusion. He says this, of course it's counterintuitive that you can get something from nothing, Of course, common sense doesn't allow you to get something from nothing. That's why it's interesting. It's got to be interesting in order to give rise to the universe at all. Something pretty mysterious had to give rise to the origin of the universe. What's he acknowledging? There has to be something. But if you don't hold to a God, what is it? Do you know how many verses are in here? I don't expect you to know this. 31,102. Now in some sense this is a mystery. The scripture Colossians 1 talks about the revealing of the mystery being hidden for years and years and that mystery was Christ in you the hope of glory. But in terms of the mystery of how it all began How long did it take for that mystery to be revealed? One verse. On that level, it's not a very good mystery novel. It it, it solves it in its first sentence. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Something can't come from nothing. There was an uncaused cause -cause, and that uncaused cause is the God who has revealed himself in this scripture. So you understand, I don't want us to think about creation today. I want us to think about what creation requires, what creation reveals, and what's it reveal? There has to be a God. It demands The existence of one who is intelligent and one who is vast and one who is, we'll see later, is eternal, who didn't have a beginning. Because if God is not eternal, then he came from somewhere and that would now be the uncaused cause. So something can't come from nothing. Scripture Excuse me, creation demands that God is. And it goes a step further. Creation by it saying in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Creation not only demands a creator, creation declares what the creator is like. Creation declares the glory of God. So Genesis one one is so important because it demonstrates there has to be a God and as it unfolds, creation unfolds, it reveals he is glorious. So the the goal very simply this morning is this, is for you to, to walk out this morning fully convinced there is a God and he is glorious. And the reason we know he is and he is glorious is because of what we see around us. Because when you go out, if we have a clear night tonight and you go out and look at the stars, the stars declare there is a God and he is glorious. Or go to the beach this afternoon and watch the wave come in and then another one and then another one and then another one. Have you, have you never done that? And go, how does that happen? one after another after another after another after another and that's from just our our little section here all around the globe coming coming in coming in there is a God and he is what glorious He's glorious, Uh, the scripture declares. The heavens are telling of the glory of God and their expanse is declaring the work of his hands. So, So consider with me this morning how the heavens declare the glory of God. First of all, they declare the glory of God in the expanse of it, the vastness of it. When we look at creation, when we look at our world, we go, wow, God, because of how big it is. Because when it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, there's this beautiful picture. I love this picture of, wow, God created that. That's amazing. And you kind of go, and right there I am. Or roughly, we are, our city, (laughs) right there. Isn't that beautiful? Uh, That declares the glory of God. But the vastness of when he created the the heavens and the earth, he created more than that. In our solar system, we're a lot smaller. He didn't create just this. He created this. And he didn't just create this. He created, there's our solar system now. Earth is long out of sight. You, (laughs) you. See how big it is? This, is? this is our galaxy. You probably learned in school. Do you know how many of those there are? I don't know who counts them. But here's what they say. A hundred billion. Of, of this. Inside of which... A hundred billion. And when I said that Thursday night, I heard it like, a, "Ooh," and I thought, oh, did I get it wrong? <laughs> so I went online again over the weekend and I looked it up. I was like, ah, yes. And I read it a little more. And here's what they say. Uh, the, there's hundred billion galaxies, but as our telescopes get great more advanced and bigger, we're guessing there's more like 200 billion. Now, does that make a difference to you? 100 billion or 200 billion? At some point you go, 100 billion? Well, okay, I get it. It's not like when people would bring kids to our house and go, hey, you got six, what's a few more? And I'd be like, uh, nine, that's what a few more would be. <laughs> six to nine, that makes a difference when they are kids in my house. But when I have a hundred billion galaxies of which we are like there, but... When you get 100 billion, 200 billion, I go, "Okay, that's a great telescope." <laughs> the vastness, the vastness of creation speaks to the glory of God. That's a big God. hundred billion. So make it a little more personal. Can you trust him? A God that big? I ask that because sometimes things seem big to us. And we go, this is just work. It's just overwhelming right right now. Can I put it in perspective? 100 billion of those (laughs) that God has created. And we we said it in song. Did you, did you believe it? He holds it all together. If he can hold a 100 billion galaxies together, I think he can handle your work or your life or your marriage or your family that's causing you to lose sleep. You see what I'm saying? Let the bigness of God cause you to go, maybe my stuff isn't that big after all in relation to to who my God is. The expanse of creation declares the glory of God. And the design of creation screams the glory of God. See, when I, when I think of, man, how the galaxies, I hear the numbers, but I, I, don't, I don't get 100 billion. But I get this. Job 5 says, Who does, speaking of God, who does great and unsearchable things, wonders without number. And then he gives an example. He gives rain on the earth and sends water on the fields. And I go, Okay, I can't understand everything about galaxies. That blows my mind. But I've seen it rain. And I think I kind of heard about rain in fifth grade when they taught me kind of the process. But John Piper asked this question, is rain a great and unsearchable wonder of God? And he should have been teaching my fifth grade science. Because he writes a conversation with himself about, is rain great and unsearchable wonder of God? He says, picture yourself as a farmer, In the Near East, far away, far from any lake or stream, a few wells keep the family and animals supplied with water. But if the crops are to grow and the family is to be fed from month to month, water has to come on the fields from another source. But from where? And he answers, well, the sky. The sky? Water will come out of the clear blue sky? Well, not exactly. Water will have to be carried in the sky from the Mediterranean Sea over several hundred miles and then be poured out from the sky onto the fields. Carried? How much does it weigh? Well, if one inch of rain, and we've seen lots more than an inch of rain at times, one inch of rain on one square mile Most of you live further from the church than that, but an inch of rain on a square mile of farmland during the night, that would be over 206 million gallons of water, which would weigh about 1.6 billion pounds carried. And he says, that's heavy. (laughs) We had like a 10-year-old right here at front row, first hour, and when I... I said 1.6 billion pounds. She goes, wow! (laughs) I guess I didn't pay her enough to come back to second hour. (laughs) So he asked, so how does it get up in the sky and stay up there if it's so heavy? (laughs) Well, it gets up there by fifth grade evaporation. Really? What's that mean? It means that the water sort of stops being water for a while, so it can go up and not down. I see. Then... How does it go down? Well, condensation happens. The water starts becoming water again by gathering around little dust particles between, listen, .00001 centimeters and .0001 centimeters. That's small. But what about the salt? Yeah. Uh, the Mediterranean Sea is saltwater. That would kill the crops. What about the salt? Well, the salt has to be taken out. Oh, so the sky picks up a billion pounds of water from the sea, takes out the salt and carries it for 300 miles and dumps it on the farm. Well, it doesn't dump it. If it dumped a billion pounds of water on the farm, the wheat would be crushed. So the sky dribbles the billion pounds of water down in little drops. And they have to be big enough to fall for a mile or so without evaporating and small enough to keep from crushing the wheat. So, How do all the microscopic specks of water that weigh a billion pounds get heavy enough to fall? If that's the right way to ask it. Well, it's called coalescence. What? It means the specks of water start bumping into each other and join up and get bigger. And when they get big enough, they fall. Just like that? Well, not exactly. Because they just bounce off each other instead of joining up if there were no electric field present. What? Never mind. Just take my word for it is what he says. I've never thought about rain the same again. Yeah, it's raining. That is a great and unsearchable wonder of God and it's everywhere it's in the oxygen that you've been breathing that whole time I was reading and hadn't thought one thing about it it's in this gravity that's keeping you in your seat. it's all around us and we don't see it and I want us I want us to understand this morning we are not to look at creation and go Wow, what a creation. We are to look at creation and say, what? Wow, what a God. He is and he is glorious. That's, that's what Genesis 1-1 is about. My little uh, grandson who's two, Joseph right now, uh, he has this, obviously I'm grandpa, so I think it's cute. Uh, when he sees something, gets something new for the first time, he doesn't go like, wow. He, he whispers, he goes, wow. And it makes my ah, that's so cool. Because we give him a, a truck for Christmas and, and he's seen a truck before, but then I flip the switch and the lights come on and he goes, wow. <laughs> Honestly, I hope you're going to walk out today Look up at the God who is and go, "Wow." Because there's something wrong with our hearts, that we have grown casual. And we watch it rain, and we see the sun rise, and we see the sunset. and this week, we saw the full moon, and it, bright as day, set in the early morning, is awesome. You try and take a picture of it and send it to somebody and then you send the note that says, oh, stink, it doesn't capture it at all, right? You know what it's intended to do? It's to make your heart, my heart, go, wow, wow, God. Creation is declaring the glory of God in its vastness and its design, and watch this, and in its detail. The detail in creation is intended to make us go, wow, God. Isaiah declares, lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these stars. See, just walk out at night, look up at the sky and go, Boy, that couldn't come from nothing. The one who leads forth their host by number, he calls them all by name. Because of the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one of them is missing. So I read that text and I go, all right, I'm a father of six, I know my kids' names. How many star names does God have to remember and to keep track of, of their location? Because on a few occasions we lost, we only had six kids and we lost a few of them along the way. <laughs> so what's the answer? He knows them all by name. They say 100 billion, again, who's counting this stuff? 100 billion stars in our galaxy and you had a hard time picking a name for your child, which I got a whole book, I don't know, I don't know. And then we have multiple kids. It's like, Clay, Will, Tommy, Shannon. <laughs> You're <running that. laughs> And he knows every one of them by name, except that's our galaxy. How many galaxies do you remember? 100 billion we're moving to 200 billion so they guess stars 70 billion trillion figure the zeros on that sucker 70 billion trillion and he knows them all by name and where they are so let me ask you again can you trust him can you trust A God who has the power to create 100 billion galaxies and a God who knows every star in those 100 billion, who knows 70 billion trillion stars by name and where they are. Think about that on find your iPhone. (laughs) Amazing. What is it, Claire? That he is, and he is glorious. He is glorious. See, creation is intended to declare the greatness of our God. I, I never really saw Genesis 1-1 as what it is intended. I always thought, okay, that's just the summary statement. Now we're gonna get into the detail. Until I realized and preparing for this series, that here's what's happening in creation. Creation, creation is introducing us to God. Think about that. We, we wouldn't know who God is, how great He is, how wise He is, how awesome He is, how powerful He is, except... We can look up into the sky, except we can go put our feet in the ocean, except that we can breathe in, what? Oxygen and breathe out something different. Isn't that weird? That's so weird. Glorious. And we've taken it for granted, and I don't want us to do that. I really want us to be two-year-olds again in our worship that go, So who is our God as we see him? Well, we see first of all, he is eternal. The one who begins must be eternal or he's not the uncaused cause. Now, understand when I say He's eternal. Well, Psalm 90 says this. Before the mountains were born, or you gave birth to the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. So before all this was, He was. You got that? Uh, he is eternal. Uh, that's why Romans chapter 1, in declaring that every person on the planet has the evidence that they need, including Richard Dawkins, he has the evidence that he needs, that there is a God. God and that he is glorious. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, and then he names them, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. It's not fuzzy, it's not a little, well, I kinda see it, I don't see it. It is so obvious. How? Being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse this is why the scripture declares the fool has said in his heart there is no god it's ignoring the unbelievably obvious creation declares he is and he is glorious now when i say he is eternal understand this the great message of the gospel is that God loves you and that because he loves you, he sent his son to pay the penalty for your sin and my sin. So that if we would believe in him, we would be born again, we would become a child of God, our sin would be forgiven and we would, here's what the scripture said, never perish but have, everlasting life by believing in what jesus has done for us on the cross because we who have believed have everlasting life are we eternal no no you're gonna have everlasting life but you had a beginning see that's the greatness of god he has no end and he had no beginning. We had a beginning. Ask your mama. You had a beginning. And she had a beginning. And she, she, she. Keep going back. You see what I'm saying? God is like none other. We, and we'll see this, we get to, as children of God, share in who he is by having everlasting life. But that does not make you and I eternal. Only he is Eternal. And creation not only makes plain that He is eternal, it makes plain His power. That His power is infinite. That it is without boundaries. For the Lord. Is a great God and a great king above all gods. In whose hand are the depths of the earth, the peaks of the valley are his also, the sea is his, for it was he who made it, and his hand formed the dry land. This is why, if you grew up as a kid going to church, you may have heard the song, He's got the whole world in his hand. Now, let's make that personal. Can you trust Him? he holds the whole world from the wettest of wet to the driest of the dry to the highest of the high to the lowest of the low to the biggest of the big to the smallest of the small if he holds it all in his hand can you trust him can you can you trust a God whose power is without boundaries well you may go uh just because he's powerful doesn't mean I can trust him. That would be true. That's why creation not only reveals his power, it reveals that his wisdom is unparalleled. His wisdom, he's not just all power, he is power and wisdom. O Lord, how many are your works. In wisdom, you have made them all. The earth is full of your possessions. Jeremiah 10, it is he who made the earth by his power, who established the world by his wisdom. See, his power and his wisdom go together. And by his understanding, he has stretched out the heavens. Proverbs 3, the Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps were broken up and the skies dribble, <laughs> drips with dew. He's not only all powerful, he's all wise. Yesterday, my my daughter's boyfriend was at the house and we were, we were trying to add some hardy board to the back where we had some old T111. And we had some angles going on. And, and after three wrong angles cut, wrong enough that clock wouldn't fix it. I was just like, why can't we figure this out? And it's just reminded me. God never went, oh, I guess I'll have to recut that. He never went, oh, sorry, sun was a little hot there. Move it back just a bit. (laughs) Oh, too far, you're freezing. A little closer. He he didn't warm up to it. Okay, does that feel about right? (laughs) As he toasted us and froze us. Isn't that amazing? And the wisdom of God extends through the galaxies and into your life, can you trust him? God, you just don't know. You ever said this? God, you just don't know. Mm, I, I do. Actually, I do. God, why can't you? I can. The things that we bring to the Lord, we forget. We need to take a walk outside. You know what I mean by that? You need to go outside, look at the stars, take a trip to the beach and go, wow. I I got you back in perspective, Lord. That which seems big to me is not big to you. That which seems small is not small to you. That which seems hard is not hard. That which seems confusing is not confusing. You and I get confused all the time. And he's never like, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure either. He's never confused. Now that sounds so obvious, but take it to the next step. Can you trust him? Do you trust him with your life, with your present, with your future, with your health, with your family, with your marriage, with your kids? The God who is eternal and therefore nothing's fast to him or slow because he stands outside of time. Time is a gift that he made for you and I. He stands outside of time. And so we go, God, why so slow? And he's like, "Mm, a day, a thousand years, a thousand year a day, all the same to me. Okay, God, I'm, I'm all worked up about stuff and life, work, relationships, family. You're glorious. I take that next step. I trust you. Because as great as his power and as great as his wisdom, his knowledge is intimate. Intimate. He knows. He knows us. This is the balance of the, the glory of God. That, yeah, he's great and vast and so personal. Psalm 139 declares, you know when I sit down and when I rise up, you understand my thought from afar. Does that not just capture you? He understand your thought from afar, afar. and guess what? Sometimes you don't even understand your thoughts, <laughs> right? I, actually, in my study, I realized this week, uh, in my study in Genesis 1 and 2, man, I have a new thought that I'm not sure what I think about that new thought. <laughs> and God goes, yeah, seen that one, know it. He knows our thoughts. You scrutinize my path, my lying down, are intimately acquainted with all my ways. No secrets. He knows what you're thinking right now. He knows what you're thinking right now, but about what you think about him knowing what you're thinking right now. (laughs) Even before there's a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all. You don't have to say it. He knows it. So he declares, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too high. I cannot attain to it. Where can I go from your spirit? Oh, where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, watch, watch, even there your hand will. I want you to read that out loud with me. Even there, your hand will lead me and your right hand will lay hold of me. Do you see what I'm saying? See, we can go, man, creation declares God is awesome and glorious. But what I love about the psalmist does here is he says, he is awesome and I can trust him. I can trust him to lead me I can trust him to provide for me. I can trust him to give me wisdom. I can trust him to keep his promises because he's eternal and his power is infinite, his wisdom unparalleled and his knowledge of each one of us intimate, personal. You can trust him. Creation declares the glory of God. See, let's not be wowed by creation. Let's be wowed by the creator. Let's be wowed by God. Hard to put into words, but here's something I want to show you just to remind you that God is the God of the biggest of the big and the smallest of the small. And then we're going to do not our whisper wow. We're going to worship but worship watching us.
1: stand with me. Let's declare the glory of our God. From the highest of heights to the depths of the sea Creations revealing your majesty From the colors of fall to the fragrance of spring you unique in the soul that it sees All explaining, Indescribable, uncontainable You place the stars in the sky And you know them by name You are amazing, God All powerful, untamable all struck we fall Told every lightning bolt where it should go or see heavenly storehouses laden with snow who imagine the sun and give source to its light, yet conceals it to bring us the coolness of
0: With me and, and with the greatness of our God, the glory of our God filling your mind, would you take that next step and, and tell Him, I believe that you are, I believe that you're glorious, and I trust you. I trust you with my life trust you with my eternity trust you with my health trust you with my family trust you in my singleness whatever it is that you would want to say what are you trusting him in Father, thank you for that incredible truth that we just declared, that you know the depths of our heart and you love us the same. We recognize, Lord, that your glory is and that you love us even when we are unworthy and that you have demonstrated that love for us in the sending of your Son to be our Savior so that we might live as children of God, forgiven, set free from slavery to sin, to be able to engage in life eternal. Would you, Lord, have our eyes lifted up that in the coming week, we would have all those sweet, but very personal wow moments. That we would continue to know you, not only as glorious God, but heavenly Father. To the praise of your glory, the fullness of our joy in Christ's name. amen. Amen. Thanks for coming this morning. I look forward to unpacking Genesis in the coming weeks. Hope you'll join us. God bless.